As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hello, hello, and welcome back to today's show on the Built to Last podcast. I have the incredible Stephanie Fateni joining us all the way from Malta. She had to tell me where that was. <laughs> I had an idea. And uh, we popped on and I was like, remind me where you're where you are located in the world, Malta, below Italy. And she goes, it's kind of on a rock. <laughs> so, yeah, Stephanie, <laughs> yes. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, We are going to talk about all things organic lead generation, which is an insane... Look, lead generation is always a really hot topic. Organic lead generation, it might be the hottest topic in the online coaching, consulting expert spaces, and you are the go-to person in this subject matter. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you very much for having me, Megan. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to start first. I'm not going to ask you a business question first, because I find that women entrepreneurs really love to hear about, you know, how is this person juggling this incredible business that they're building, but also, you know, their personal life, you know, uh, you're a mom, you're a wife, all those things. So fill us in a little bit on what your life looks like first, because I just think that really puts into perspective how successful we as women can be, even though we have lots of other responsibilities outside of our business. And then we'll dive into all the business stuff. Excellent. So yeah, well, I'm a mom. I have a 13-year-old daughter. She is um, 13 going on 17 (laughs) at that stage where, you know, she kind of wants you, but she doesn't really want you there all the time. So I actually... You know, speaking of business, I'm actually at a point where maybe like last summer I used to do like three hour days, um, but now I am actually putting more time into my business. So I'm at that stage because I built the online business to spend time with my daughter. Basically, um, I used to have a brick and mortar advertising agency. We used to do everything from TV ads to social media marketing, inbound marketing, copywriting, web development, any the full the full thing. But that meant I was working 10, 12 hour days. And of course, my daughter was young and I was like, oh, I got to find a way out. I got to do something else. So, yeah. So then I started building my online business. Today, I would say my business is quite minimal and relaxed. It's built around my lifestyle. Um, I was also diagnosed with a chronic illness a couple of years ago. So I went from being super active to uh, really have to sort of worry about my energy. So the fact that I had built an online business really helped. Um, I'm pretty much back to health now. I've I've been through sort of the full cycle. Um, but I, I would really, you know, highly recommend online business because it just the way you can fit your lifestyle into it is amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been married for 
Um, I'm not good at remembering this. In fact, I'm not the romantic one in the relationship. <laughs> it's okay. Is. Neither am I. Neither um, am I. I think that's right. I think it's been about yeah, 12 years. I think it's 13 years this year. I've been with my husband since I was 23. There's a big age gap between us. Um, you know, so in terms of careers, it's been it's been a very different cycle in the sense that he was probably at the peak of his career when I met him. Um, and I like to think I'm at the peak of my career now, although obviously there's much higher to go in online business. You you can always keep going. So, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. I live on a holiday island, so you kind of always want to be outdoors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So being as efficient as possible is is very important to me. <laughs> yeah, I love your story. I love hearing those um, details. You and I have such a similar personal life. It sounds like, um, I've been with my husband for, it'll be 13 years in June. That's our 13th wedding anniversary. Okay. I met him when I was 25. He was almost 36. So we're Mm -hmm. about 11 years apart. So really similar. I was just starting my career. I was a high school teacher back then. He was in, just like you said, he was kind of in the prime of of his, when I met him, um, and our daughter's almost 12 and we live in Florida, which everybody's on vacation here too. So <laughs> brilliant. Parallel. Yeah. Parallel lives. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So similarities. I Amazing. love it. Yeah. So one of the things that is so important about growing an online business is constantly generating leads and more leads, especially if you are filling programs that are more leveraged, like you know, a lot of people have group programs, yeah. courses, whether they're teaching them live or self-study. You know, I think membership sites are really, I'm really seeing a surge in membership sites, mm-hmm. masterminds, but all these things are even filling live events with hundreds of people. You know, live events are really coming back again. Yes. And all of those types of offers require a higher volume of clientele in order to hit your goals and your numbers which means they also require an even larger number of leads coming through if we're looking at how many how many percentage of our leads are actually buying our programs when we are actively out there selling it. So this is a really important conversation to have and uh, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about about Legion. So we're going to dive into that, kind of fill people in on um, a little bit more about your expertise in this category. And then let's open up the conversation about uh, organic Legion and what's really working and what's not working today. Yeah. So yeah, Legion is actually one of my favorite topics and I do talk about it a lot. Um, I consider myself a bit of a specialist in the sense that I I don't like sort of, I'm not the kind of person that's going to throw spaghetti at the wall. So I tend to sort of just pick one strategy at a time and go really deep and run a lot of experiments and then find a way of making that digestible for other people. So that's what I, that's what I like to do. And my, uh, my favorite way to generate leads is Google traffic. I have a bit of a love hate relationship with social media. I know it can work, um, but sort of backtracking to when I was in the agency, you know, we used to have hundreds of accounts, literally we were dealing as like a hundred active clients at the time. So we were doing a lot of social media and there were people who would come 
and they would expect you to like launch a brand in, you know, in six weeks and then sort of build it up sort of really big on social. And perhaps in those days, it was a little bit more possible. But one of the biggest problems, I think, is that people never quite clocked on to the fact that social media is an amplification tool. So to actually start on social media and work only on social media is much harder than when you have other things and you're using social media to to enhance them. So for instance, if you're doing Facebook ads, if you do, sorry, not Facebook ads, if you're doing TV ads, if you're doing YouTube, if you're doing, you know, search engine optimization, all these things can be really nicely enhanced with social media. When you start on social media from scratch, it is much harder and much more time consuming because it's it's got to sort of pull the, the full weight of the lead generation by itself. I mean, one thing I feel very much with my clients as well is like the the readiness to be public and also to to go to perhaps you know messenger conversations and and outreach. Different personalities are very different, so the level of success is also going to you know depend on the kind of personality you have. So I would definitely say that. Social media generation is probably not for everyone. It does work. I can't say it doesn't work. But as you, of course, as we were saying just before we, we pressed record, it is becoming less and less effective and even more volatile. You know, it's always been volatile. And that's what's always scared me. You know, I remember the days when we had clients and lots of businesses who had spent a lot of money building their following. And then suddenly Facebook came out one day and said, companies are not allowed to own groups anymore. They have to have these pages that were completely new. So we had clients that had spent a lot of money on ads to build up this following. And now suddenly they were not allowed to use these groups anymore. And of course, you know, the following didn't, didn't, uh, didn't follow them. They had offers and all kinds of things. Come and follow us to our page and we'll give you 10% off everything. It didn't work. I think less than 10%, uh, I think 10% was the highest, the highest result we got when it came to actually moving one audience from group to a page. So for me, that was a very big lesson. And I think that's where my trust in social media platforms really got a big hit. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. you know, we can't really trust what they're doing. And they don't really have the, they don't have the good of their audience. They don't have the business as one of their priorities. Their priority is to keep people engaged so that they can then sell advertising. But their priority is also to make you spend as much as possible, which of course is going to make in the long run organic marketing harder and harder. And this is the reason why, on the other hand, I love Google because Google is on your side. Google wants exactly what you want. Google wants your people, the right kind of people you're targeting to find your stuff. And, uh, you know, again, Google has a lot of updates, like, of course, social media algorithms, they have their own algorithm, they have a lot of updates, hundreds a year recently, there's been so much. But 
especially if you're an expert. So if you're a coach, if you're a service provider that's an expert in what they do, if you're, if you're a speaker, if you're a writer. So anyone that can produce really good quality content and knows exactly what their niche is and who they're targeting is basically trying to do exactly what Google wants you to do. So I think this is one of the major differences. Google wants what you want. Social media platforms don't really want people to see your content because they want you to pay for that visibility. So this is one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of Google. And of course, there's the laziness side because, you know, there's a, and so on social media, there's like what I call the 24-hour vortex. It just, everything disappears. But with Google, when you're, when you're optimizing, everything that ranks is just going to accumulate. So if I've ranked an article this week, and then I've ranked another article next week, and then another one the following week, and each one is producing, I don't know, one lead a week, then it's going to accumulate. So over time, it's going to become, you know, more and more. Obviously, you got to take care of, uh, you know, you got to take care of your site. You got to make sure everything is is SEO'd. But it has a cumulative effect. It doesn't have this feeling of putting so much out there, and yet if I don't do anything today, it's like I've done nothing. <laughs> you know that feeling of constantly having to be on the hamster wheel. Yeah. So definitely, that's my perspective on lead generation. I know it, social media can be great. I've run some, you know, 30, 90-day experiments to see uh, how long it takes me to, to get clients with certain things, you know. And, and it, it can work. It does work. But I do feel that it's, people get very exhausted um, very quickly. It's, it's easy to burn out on social media, I feel. Yeah, I think that people burn out on both sides. So I think the entrepreneur burns out. To your point, it does feel like you are on this almost suffocating hamster wheel on a daily basis where you feel so much pressure to be producing more content, more Facebook Lives, more stories, more reels, more of that. And to your point... There are, there are plenty of stories and there are plenty of examples out there of people who are making millions of dollars operating in that way. And I do think you know there's enough people who are doing it and talking about it working that it lures people into that. But you mm-hmm. also don't know what else they're doing. You don't know what is going on behind the scenes. And then I also think it's exhausting for just the consumers, just like you and I, we're all consumers also on social media. And that gets really exhausting. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the really big thing that I've been seeing people create posts on is they're just so angry and frustrated and annoyed by all the private messaging, all the direct messaging. Now, I'll tell you, Stephanie, that that tactic worked exceptionally well in like 2017, 18 and 19, not just the cold DMing and saying like, hey, buy my stuff. But cold DMing and like inviting people to your free masterclass or inviting people to your free launch, it actually worked phenomenally because I did that and it Mm -hmm. filled some of my launches with three to 400 people, but it doesn't work that way anymore and not nearly as well. I think because so many people are doing it now and so many people are doing it in the wrong way and people are now just blind to it. Like they're just, they don't want to have anything to do with it. So I'm very fascinated by this conversation around Google. And I imagine that 
I'm going to take a wild guess and guess that the majority, maybe 95% of the people listening haven't even considered the potentiality and possibility over on Google to generate leads. So, but it's, I mean, I've dabbled in it a little bit. And after just hearing you say what you just said, I'm going to dive into it even more. So where might you guide someone to get started if they were going to keep doing their social media game and keep playing that game and keep up with what they're doing? But now they realize, you know, I'm making 300, 400, 500, $600,000 a year. And I'm starting to notice that my legion on social media is it's petering out. It's dying out. Mm-hmm. And they're fascinated by this idea of Google. Where would they start? What, what would they do? What's the entry point to get going over there if they were going to get started on their own? So if you, if you already have a website, you have an established brand, you know, your business is already, you already have some assets in the eyes of Google, especially, you know, if you've already written a book, then you already kind of, Google already has sort of all these, all these little bits of information about you. So the first thing you would definitely need to do is put a blog on your website. Now, this is quite controversial for many years. People have said blogs are dead, but go and put anything in Google and you will see that the main and best results are actually going to be articles for most queries. There are some queries that will get you tutorials from YouTube. Um, on rare occasions, you get podcasts. That's, that's kind of changing as well. Podcasts are going to start featuring more and more in search engines, especially if you use the word podcast. Uh, if you, you know, if you go, for instance, and search something generic with the word podcast with it, you're going to find that Google is actually doing a lot more with podcasts these days. They're actually um, automatically transcribing them, so mm. and putting that in the code. So obviously, their transcription is not great yet, but it's getting better and better every day because, of course, there's voice search from, you know, um, from Google Home and Alexa. So that is another wave of search engine potential that is coming, sort of the the world of sound as opposed to the world of video and the written word. But the place to start, I'll backtrack a bit, the place to start is definitely the written word, and that is blogs. Of course, if you already have a website, there are a few basic things that you can do. So what you would need to do for sure is make sure that you have well documented the customer journeys of your ideal client. I find that it's a little bit different sort of the way you attract leads on, on Google. So on social media, we kind of look very much of the way we, the way we would engage with people naturally. So it's, it's very, very people-based. With Google, it's, um, I mean, you're still dealing with people, but it's more struggle-based. You know, like on social media, if all you do is talk about the pain points of your clients, you're going to put people off. It's going to be a bit, a bit boring, maybe a bit, a bit of, you know, you'll be seen as a bit of a downer. On Google, it works really well because especially if we're coaches or if we have a business that has services that resolve a specific problem, people are going to go to Google when there is a certain level of pain. So, and this what this is actually what makes leads from Google convert way, way higher than leads from social media. So you actually need a lot less to get the same or even better results. So 
what happens is that, let's say, I don't know, let's say take lead generation for an example. Uh, you know, if I'm going to Google and I'm going to look uh, at lead generation for small business or lead generation for online business, that means that I am active. I have actively decided to take action about this. Whereas compared to someone who is on social media, and I mean, what are they there for? They're scrolling their feed. Um, they're kind of being distracted into being drawn into someone's funnel. So yeah, it's they're not really different. like none of us are going to social media to go find something to buy. That's right. That's not why we're there. That's so that right. makes perfect sense what you're saying because in the you know, if you're if you're thinking about how the consumer, your ideal client is thinking about making a buying decision, that is absolutely not why they're on social media. But to your point, what you said, it's like if I'm going to Google to search, I'm actually actually searching for something from a buying mind. That's it's right. Really fa- I love that you shared that. That's amazing. That's right. So imagine how different it is. You know, they'll tell you, and I mean, 10, 15 years ago, they used to say, you have to see something in terms of marketing. You have to see some a message seven times before you take action. On social media, it's probably more like 15, 30, 50 times. Yeah. Because, you know, so whereas with with Google, with search engine optimization, it's the person take, taking action. They are in charge of the decision. They don't feel like they're being sold to, like, you know, like with DMing or, you know, or just following. They don't feel like they're being sold to. They are in charge. In fact, as the person doing uh, SEO, you don't really do anything. You just do your weekly content, make sure your, your website's SEO'd. And, you know, it's, it's a bit like a, like a spider sitting in a web, you're not doing very much. Now I don't sit in the web. I sit, I sit at the <laughs> beach with my daughter usually. So that's, that's what I do. I tend to, you know, I work a bit in the morning and a bit in, I have some hours in the evening so that I catch the right time zones. And that's the way it works for me. I, I'm out most of the day, especially in the summer with my daughter. And then I get back, I've got my discovery calls booked because they come in automatically through the blog posts and and sort of that's the funnel into my business. And, you know, and the people who say no to the one-to-one coaching are the ones that then go on the waiting list for the group coaching because there's there's usually, usually the only reason they don't buy is price or timing because they were actively looking for something. So either they can't afford it right now or maybe they're just shopping around, but they intend to do it in a few months. So most of the leads would actually close right away. And that can become a problem. I mean, it has it has really bottlenecked for myself. It's happened to my clients as well. Uh, but you can find creative ways of dealing with that. So I actually had a client who had a fantastic idea of actually pushing all the leads that were coming through her website. She was getting like between five and 10 requests a day. So she was pushing everybody into her Facebook group and then doing like one information call a week. <laughs> so instead of doing all the discovery calls. Yes. And then based on what they had asked her for, she was breaking them down into the different group programs, uh, which she had to come up with because she just couldn't service so many people. Mm-hmm. So it can really go crazy. But it, of course, it also depends on the industry you're in because the core of an SEO strategy are, of course, your keywords. And traffic is not the same for 
for all the different industries. And also there's competition. So there are some industries where it becomes really difficult to find keywords that are not competitive. And, you know, when you have keywords that are very competitive, it becomes hard to rank organically for them. So then you have to go to Google ads or sort of, or find a more creative way of analyzing your ideal clients. Because, you know, a lot of my clients are actually life coaches. And it, it can be a bit tricky because the people you're targeting, let's say, you know, we were talking about pain points. Let's say someone's looking for lead generation. They have a problem in their business that maybe they were, they're, they're seeing their profits drop, they're seeing their revenue drop, and they think they have a lead generation problem. But maybe it's a blind spot and they really have a sales problem. So this tends to happen a lot with social media, sorry, with uh, with Google marketing. So this is why you really need to analyze your ideal client well. You need to know your clients well, because then you really know what to write about. And ultimately, that's what it is. Google wants you to write naturally how you speak, ideally. Um, it's nice to also have you know, clean URLs where, you know, you can actually see your categories and your subcategories clear. So basically um, a simple way of describing um, an unclean URL is one that has numbers and characters and, you know, it's like uh, garbled. Whereas one that is very clearly just has the words, you know, like the URL of your website. Um, so the web address and then the categories and then the names of your posts show nicely in the web address, um, that's good for SEO. And you also want to organize your site. So of course you need a good content plan based on the right keywords and on the right ideal client persona. But then you also want to make sure that you organize it well on the website because both people and Google need to understand what you're about. By And they usually do this by looking at the categories because those are going to be, you know, the most important things you're going to talk about. So, for instance, you know, it's like um, I talk about digital marketing, but um, there are many different categories. So by, for instance, breaking down digital marketing into, say, blogging, SEO and online content strategies, then I'm kind of telling Google what part of digital marketing I'm actually working with. And this is very important, I find, for a lot of service providers because maybe you, you know, maybe you don't work with everyone. Maybe you only work with lawyers. Or so this is very important that it comes across in your categories and the way you organize your site. So both people and Google can see right away, okay, so this is what she's about. Maybe she helps people with stress. Uh, her clients are lawyers or, you know, corporates, and she does it by teaching them yoga and, you know, nutrition. So it's like connecting those main things that are ultimately the pillars of your business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So definitely the website, because it's not just about writing good content. It's also putting it in context. The context of the website has to tell Google what you do what you're about and the kind of people you're looking for, because actually Google doesn't show the same results to everyone. We just still think that, you know, we're going to punch in a, a question like, I don't know, how often do I blog? And everybody sees the same results. That doesn't happen anymore. It's like you see results 
Google's profiling you. There's actually a place where you can go and see what Google has about you. Um, you can actually pop it into Google and say, what information does Google have about me? And you will find sort of all this history that they keep about places you've visited. And, it, and they actually mostly do it from the Gmail cookie and the Facebook cookie because they can read all the information of everywhere you've been. So let's say if I'm targeting lawyers, Google has a very easy way of finding out whether someone is a lawyer or not based on the way they navigate. So even like, for instance, if they log into LinkedIn and their profile says they're a lawyer, there you go. Google knows that they're a lawyer. <laughs> they have that information about them. So if they're looking for something generic like um, copywriter, if there is a copywriter for lawyers, they are more likely to find her because Google is going to put all these things together and it's going to favor you. So it's actually fantastic for people who have an established niche, for people who know their ideal client, but also it can be useful for people who are just starting out. Mm. So if you don't really know your ideal client, that this works fantastic for coaches and service providers because maybe they don't know the kind of people they want to work with, but they know the struggles they want to resolve. And since it's all struggle-based, it can help people start sometimes without having to niche or having to, you know, know, as long as you know the struggles you resolve really well, then you can start for sure. Wow. I love this. So you were talking about your funnel and it sounds like you're taking someone from viewing, you know, searching on Google to viewing an article or a blog post, and then really quickly, they're booking a call with you. Is that a funnel that you suggest is a great way for people to start? Are there other funnels that you've played with, with yourself, mm-hmm. with your own clients that have worked really well? Yes. So, yeah, so that's exactly what my funnel looks like. You 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 go to Google, well, you, go, you look for, you know, anything related to SEO for coaches, lead generation, all this stuff. I'm probably one in the first six for my main keywords. People click, they read the article, and then they book a discovery call, a 30-minute discovery call, and a lot of them actually book because that's exactly what they were looking for. Some people haven't spoken to others yet, and some people are shopping around. So they've talked maybe to three people they actually found on the first page of Google, and you know they're deciding who to work with. Um, but yes, that's basically how it works because the article itself can actually help you. So you know what keyword they put in Google because that's the one you optimized for, right? So you know what article they found because that's the article you wrote. (laughs) You chose the title. So then you really kind of, it's very easy for you to know what to say in the article to warm up that lead. So I'll give you you an easy example. For instance, I used to have a client, she was a homeopathic doctor. And she was specifically focused on working with women who get migraines. But a lot of these women were going online looking for things like medication or or maybe a home remedy or something of the sort. So she knew what they were looking for. She wrote an article, let's say, about medication and then take them through the journey of actually understanding why medication may not be the best choice how homeopathy works, what kind of results they can expect. And, you know, if they're willing to try it as an alternative, hey, book a call with me here. 
So, of course, there's going to be people who don't agree with that and they're going to drop off. But there's going to be a good percentage of people who are going to say, yeah, you know. And in fact, uh, that's why one of the things that I feel works really well, you know, if you had to deal with copywriters and, you know, which, you know, I, I actually have studied a lot of copywriting. I've, I've, I've worked with some amazing copywriters. But, you know, it's like you can put the call to action in multiple places. You know, if you're, I also used to do web development and there's all this, you know, UI uh, putting the call to actions in different places, the way the eye moves across the page. But I choose to consciously ignore all of that. <laughs> And because I realize that if I put my call to action at the bottom of the article, then I'm only getting leads that have read through the article. If I put it at the top, if I want to get, you know, the impulsive ones and maybe make it higher up or the ones that maybe don't have time, but are going to say, okay, I'm going to book a call, see what this is all about. It turns into a lot of discovery calls and fewer clients. So, you know, you don't want to have a lot of discovery calls and a lower closing rate. You want to allow the content to warm up your lead and then jump on the call with you so that, you know, they they close more easily. I mean, um, my closing rate is really close to 100%. Yeah. And usually it's not that they don't, usually they do close. They just take a little bit more time. Some people take a little bit more time, but they, because they were looking for it. You know, they were actively looking for that something. So when, when you have someone who is not a good fit right now, or it's not the mm -hmm. right time, or it, the money is just not there, where do mm -hmm. you put them in your ecosystem? Because are they getting on your list when they're signing up for the call? Or like, how are you keeping them in your ecosystem to nurture them if they're not a good fit right now? So what happens is, so I would treat them like a normal lead. So, you know, they go on the call. I'm not going to mention my group program before they have decided, uh, before they tell me that they're, they're not going to buy for a specific reason. So sometimes it can happen on the call. Most of the time it actually happens in the follow-up emails where someone, you know, maybe was quite, uh, quite ready to buy, but then after they talked about it, they realized maybe they're not ready. They just need a little bit of time. You know, maybe they want to make sure that their website in order before they start working on the content. So what tends to happen then is that when I send the follow-up, they would say, okay, so, you know, I'm not sure either I'm finding this high for my budget or um, I'm hoping to maybe do my website first where I'm allocating, I've decided to not allocate sort of my, this as my priority right now. So at that stage, I would reply and I would say, um, you know, I also have a group program, which takes you through this whole process, which I would have already explained on the discovery call. So I don't really need to go into it all over again. And the group program just has a couple of things that are different in the group program. Um, we also do writing workshops to actually write the blogs and, you know, we go deeper into the funnels usually then, than I actually do in the one-to-ones. So, you know, I just explain what's different. Uh, I might share the, I might share the sales page if, if I know that they're, you know, a good match and, the, and they'd find it interesting. And then I just ask them if they want to go on the waiting list so that they'll be the first to know when the program opens again. So, I'm actually asking them for permission. I'm not putting them on the list directly because, well, technically when they apply for a discovery call, 
they're not really agreeing to go on your email list. Right. So I'm actually getting permission to do that. I'm saying, hey, uh, I've got this waiting list and, you know, I've never had anyone said no because they don't really need to commit much. They've already shared their details with you. They've already Mm -hmm. spoken to you. They've, you know, they've already committed time and they've already committed sort of sharing their, their details. So it's very easy for them to say, yes, I want to be on your on your waiting list. So Mm -hmm. Stephanie, you're so smart. This is like brilliant. I love it. I'm going to do this myself after talking (laughs) to you. Like I want to be doing this because everything that you're describing it. So I loved when, you know, when we started this conversation, you were talking about the business owner's personality and their style and their writing Mm -hmm. style and how they like to go about things. And I'll tell you, um, I don't, are you familiar with the DISC assessment? I am, but it's been a while since I did it. Okay. (laughs) So me too. And I was at an event a couple of weeks ago and the DISC assessment came up in conversation around hiring social sellers and people Uh who like are call setters, you know? And so a lot of people in the room were either have social sellers on their team or they want to hire social sellers. And uh, so we were having this conversation around, well, definitely give them a DISC assessment first. And, you know, they need to fall in a certain percentage in the D and the I. And so I took it last week. I took the DISC assessment last week to find out where I was. And I score really, really low on the D and the I, which is um, dominance and influence, which you want to be really high to be someone who kind of like what you were saying when we were talking about private messaging, like someone who is really, really good at outbound messaging, bringing people in the salesperson, you know, a social seller. Um, But the way that you, and I score super high on the S and the C, which is, I don't remember what the S is. The C is conscientiousness. I was like a 95% on the C. I think you and I have similar personalities. But mm-hmm. as you're taught, like, I, I think the, what you're also bringing up is knowing what suits your personality and what suits your strengths and your style. And I think a lot of people are phenomenal business people and they are phenomenal at their craft, but the way the platform of social media functions, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily aligned. I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Just like you said, it's not like you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be using it. But is it playing to your strengths at an optimal level where you can really thrive? And the more you're talking and I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, like my personality really fits Mm -hmm. so much better on Google than even social media. Even though I've been really successful on social media, there's still so many parts of it that I'm like, this is just, it's out of, it's slightly out of alignment with my personality. Um, So I find it so fascinating. I love this conversation. I'm going to jump on the Google train myself. Um, So for others who want to find out more about how you work with people, it sounds like you've got some private work that you do. You've got a group coaching program. Tell us about who you work with, how you work with people, um, you know, what your promise is when someone works with you and the best way to get in touch with you. Okay. So I... These days I work with a full spectrum, um, but I have a, a blueprint. Uh, I call it the profitable content blueprint. And it actually started off as, 
you know, out of my frustration after even just coming from, you know, working in an agency, I knew everything about marketing and still setting up an online business was hard because all the people out there were selling these programs, but they were forgetting the first step. What if I don't have any money to invest in this business? What if I don't have 15 hours a week to spend on social media? You know, what if... So it was really hard for me to, so I actually picked inbound marketing for that, um, which is just another word for, you know, attracting leads to yourself using SEO and content. And, and what happened was that it started working. And then I was like, I really have to help other people do this. You know, I, because I, in fact, a lot of my clients are people who got very frustrated with trying to get off this sort of first ledge. There's some of them have worked with, you know, paid like 12K for like a K a month to be in these group programs where they teach you how to launch, but they're still not getting clients because they haven't sort of, they haven't done the groundwork in, uh, in getting the right kind of leads. And I find that with SEO, that is a very, very, a very easy process because it's, uh, it kind of guides you. There's, you know, with keyword research, you know exactly what people are punching into Google. You don't have to wonder what they're interested in. So, yeah, so I help people who are starting out. That's one of the things that I'm most passionate about. I, sometimes I meet people who have been trying to get their business off the ground for like four years or more. And they're like, you know, and then they, they get in touch with me after six months and they're like, this is amazing. It's changed my life. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's sort of where, where my heart is helping people who don't have much money started off. But then I also work with multiple six-figure people. And I also have clients who are doing seven, eight figures already. So it actually benefits everyone, anyone who is looking to amplify. Um, I've also worked with coaches who want to pivot, who you know have, have had uh, a multiple six-figure business for a number of years, but now want to pivot. So a safe way to do that is to start kind of shifting your content without necessarily rebranding yet. You start attracting the leads you want for your new business and start getting those clients before. So you kind of have your new testimonials before you rebrand and all of that stuff. So it is really multifaceted. I have also clients who are doing, you know, who have say a 12 month uh, evergreen program where they're 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 launching officially like twice a year but they're also getting people into the program all the time so that works wonderfully with SEO because you know anytime people come to your to your website and they book a discovery call with you then it's kind of up to you to decide what they're a good match with because obviously depending on where the customer journey is if you have different programs then they can just decide uh, you will actually decide what's what they're a good match for. So, so in reality, the full spectrum. And I work with them in different ways. So usually with people who are just starting out, they would go into my group program um, with people who are in their first three years of business up to multiple six figures. They tend to go into the one-to-one coaching. And then I have like a consultancy, uh, consultancy programs for, you know, the high six figures, seven figure, eight figure um, online coach or online entrepreneur, where I basically do the strategy with the business owner and then train the team on how to actually execute 
the strategies. So, you know, I teach them how to read the data, how to redo the content plan. I also have like a six month uh, semi done for you where I support them. So until they can actually, sometimes they need to hire someone for the role. So I will actually sort of help them hold the fort and kind of fill in the roles until they can smoothly move into a place where this has become an integral part of the business. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and do you have a website that is the best place for people to find out about all this? Yes. So they can find me at stephaniefiteni.com. That's Stephanie with a P-H and Fiteni, F-I-T-E-N-I. Awesome. And all these details and that link are in the show notes below. So if you are someone who has been using organic social media for a really long time, you know, the well is kind of drying up or you're just tired of it and you want to find a, a better avenue, um, just tap into another source that maybe you had not thought about before because we don't really hear that many people talking about this, Stephanie, then Stephanie is your girl for mm-hmm. this. So go connect with her. Stephanie, this was so informative. Um, I think this was one of our I mean, in my my humble opinion, this is one of my favorite episodes because I don't hear people talking about the power of Google Organic Legion. And Legion is like the lifeblood of your business. It is what keeps the business going. It's what keeps it sustainable and profitable over a long, you know, long period of time. So I just you brought so much knowledge, um, and I think you really opened up a doorway for a lot of people who've recently been struggling a bit more. Um, and for the first time in their businesses with Organic Legion. So thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Megan. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.